Welcome to A Lawyer's Guide to the Galaxy, a podcast about geek culture by lawyers with your hosts, Ben Siders and Kurt Damon. And welcome back to A Lawyer's Guide to the Galaxy, the podcast that asks interesting questions that don't have any answers with your hosts, Ben Siders, that's me, and the other guy is Kirk Damon. I am coming to you now from my brand spanking new uh, Fifine technology microphone, F-I-F-I-N-E. I I have a K668 desktop microphone to record these intros now. Before, I was just using my iPhone and then uploading it to my Google Drive and then downloading it to my desktop and then importing it into Audacity. And I finally got tired of doing that and decided to just get an actual microphone. So hopefully the sound quality here is at least comparable. I've got to thank a $35 microphone phone, although not amazing, is at least um, you know comparable to the built-in microphone on the iPhone. Uh, so here we are for the Edamame episodes, uh, part eight. Today we're going to do something that's just a little fun. Uh, Kirk and I have been wanting to do our Mandalorian season two predictions for a while now. We've talked about doing it. Kirk actually sent me his predictions in a text back on June 17th, maybe. it's It's been a while, and I have not gotten around to recording my own predictions yet. But I think we're ready to do that, and uh, just to keep the, the, the content coming to you, uh, so I've, I've got Kirk's here. It looks like he went for about eight or nine minutes. I, I have not thought about this really at all. I, I've got one thing that I think is, is going to happen for sure. Uh, so I'm going to go through mine here. Uh, this is just me riffing real time. I normally am prepared just an outline of what I want to talk about so I don't ramble too much. Kirk and I are both prone to rambling, but this time I did not. So we'll see how that goes. So I, I'll do my thoughts here and then I'll put Kirk's in and then come back for a, a wrap up. So I didn't give Kirk a number either. So I don't know how many he's got. I'm going to try and do three. And the first one, and the only one I've really thought of so far, is that at some point, I think they're going to bring Boba Fett back. He was such a popular character, uh, somewhat inexplicably so, maybe only because his, his costume was so cool. And I've, I've actually just read something about how uh, Lucas was surprised by the popularity of the character, and if he'd realized uh, Fett was going to be such a hit with fans, he would have given him a little bit more flashy of a death than uh, basically Looney Tunes antics, where Han Solo stands up and hits his <laughs> jet back, which then goes off accidentally. You'd think there'd be a safety feature on a jetpack, right? Like, if you're going to literally strap a jet engine to your back and use it to fly around, you would just kind of think whoever manufactures that would have some kind of safety features. But I guess this is an ongoing trope of sci-fi. You know, apparently Star Trek's never heard of fuses because whenever something breaks... There's always sparks and electronics flying everywhere, so there's no circuit breakers in Star Trek, and uh, there's no safety or uh, safety controls on Boba Fett's jetpack. It can just start up accidentally by somebody hitting it too hard. That's just, you know, what if he just fell over and just went off, or, or somebody opened a door into it? Like, that's just awful design, but anyway... Uh, so Boba Fett, I think, is going to come back at some point, somehow. Uh, now, since I've, I've thought of that, that was the genesis of me wanting to do this episode in the first place. I just wanted to say I thought Boba Fett would come back. Since then, I've, I've talked to somebody about this, uh, another big Star Wars fan, who has confirmed that that has already been officially announced, or maybe unofficially announced, as being part of the plan. So that prediction's already ruined. But uh, for the record, I, I had that thought before uh, I heard any of that. So Boba Fett's going to come back at some point. Uh, second prediction, the, the rest of these are harder for me to do because I, 
I get the impression that the Mandalorian timeline is being connected back to the Clone Wars and maybe the Rebels cartoons, which I have not seen. So um, I take that back. I've seen the first two episodes of the Clone Wars, and it's pretty good so far. I like it. But I understand uh, Osaka, that character, is going to be in the Mandalorian, uh, and I understand that those those uh, plot lines are going to tie up to at some point. I guess Moff Gideon, uh, uh, Gian, uh, Esp- Giancarlo Esposito, his character in the Mandalorian, uh, he plays Moff Gideon. I understand that character and the lightsaber he has were part of the cartoon timeline. I have no not, no context for that, no idea. I, I don't know what those things are. So um, it doesn't mean as much to me as it does to people who've seen those. But Kirk and I are, Kirk, I think, has seen the Clone Wars. So we're, I'm trying to get through those as well so we can uh, talk about that stuff too. But I understand those timelines are going to be connected somehow. And so it's, it's tough for me to make any predictions because I just don't know those characters. Um I'm, I'm going to suggest that at some point they do some sort of tie-in with the larger story or with um, at least side characters in the wider narrative. I think what uh, Kathleen Kennedy wanted to do with the Star Wars property is to marvelize it, to do this interconnected universe where each movie has some... You know, a cut scene at the end that references something else that's going to happen. Basically, what Marvel started out doing by accident and then wound up doing more by planning, I think Disney wants to do with Star Wars. You can see hints of that at the end of the Han Solo movie. There's a Darth Maul appearance. Uh, I, I think they're going in that direction with it. They just wanted to kind of get through the saga movies to wrap that up and then start uh, doing the Marvel treatment on Star Wars. I, I think they may have botched it too badly at this point to really pull that off. But it, it may it may wind up being that TV is a better medium for Star Wars anyway. Um, they they seem to want to tell these big, grand, overarching narratives, and it's really hard to do that in in the two hour movie format and make it feel like you've told a big story. Uh, it's just too fast paced, and it's too hard to really establish the characters and the stakes. So maybe they'll pull that. And I thought the Mandalorian season one was was pretty good. I thought they did that pretty well with that character. You know, we we got to know a guy whose face we see for like 18 seconds. Uh, we nevertheless got to know him and, and care about him. So uh, I think, um, you know, the, the, the temptation to tie the Mandalorian series back into the main saga somehow may be more than they can resist, uh, especially if it's successful and they want to kind of use it to springboard the, the next set of films that are going to come out. Although I think I read that the next set of films are going to be like prequels to the prequels, like the, the golden era of the Old Republic. So that, that may be tricky to do. But I, I do think at some point in the future, they are going to want to do more like quote-unquote saga movies and other trilogy that takes place in the timeline we already know. Uh, and I think they will will tie the Mandalorian into that. You know, when you when you when you control that property, it's really hard to resist the temptation to do that. So that's prediction number two. I, I don't think they'll go after like a main character, but we might have some cameos by by relatively minor characters, um, like maybe um, um, uh, Carrie Fisher's daughter. Oh, what's her name? Billy Billy Lords, I think. Uh, maybe she has an appearance uh, in the Mandalorian at some point. Maybe not season two, but at some point, um, so, something like that. A character that we've seen before. Or, uh, and that was you know, relevant to the plot, had some speaking lines, but maybe not a, not a major, major character. Uh, so that's my uh, second prediction. Third, I got to come up with a third one now. For my third prediction, I guess I'm going to say that they're going to give us uh, an explanation of Yoda's species. That seems like an easy one, but they've actually shown admirable restraint in not over-explaining Yoda. Uh, that's, that's one of those 
completely unnecessary things to explain. Like we, we never needed to understand who Yoda is or where he comes from to understand the character and his role in the plot. It's just unnecessary background material. Uh, and they've, you know, the prequels never went into that really. They've, they've really shown a lot of, of um, like I said, admirable restraint and not getting into that too much in the movies. It would just be a pointless side plot that would be kind of eye-rolling. However, in a TV format, it may be it may be a little easier to uh, get into that in a way that's more satisfying, a little more coherent. And so I'm going to say that we wind up learning more about Yoda's origins and and what the child is. I'm, I'm inclined to say the child is a clone of Yoda, but I'm really curious about whether Yoda is sort of a, a one-off or if he's a member of a species of, of Yoda-like creatures. Um, I... I I think, I, and I, I kind of hope they go with the clone aspect. It would make more sense to me that um, if Yoda is just one of a species, like I don't, it doesn't make sense to me that there'd be a whole species of Force-sensitive creatures. That's just that's not really what the Force is uh, in in the story. It's, it's a it's a skill that certain people seem to have, you know, genetically passed down from their uh, their parentage. I always just thought Yoda was a member of his species who happened to be particularly uh, well attuned to the Force or a particularly de- dedicated student. So when the child in season one showed Force powers, that was kind of an eye-rolling moment for me. But if where it winds up is that it's actually a clone of Yoda, uh, that that would make more sense and make that scene uh, less eye-rolling. So this is maybe more uh, wishful than uh, predictive, but I'm going to say that uh, the child is a clone of Yoda, and in the course of learning that, we get more background on Yoda's species and, and the Yoda character himself, where he came from. So so those are my three predictions. Uh, I'm going to kick it over to Kirk, and we'll see what he has to say, and then I'll be back to wrap it up. Hello, and welcome back to yet one more episode. episode. As usual, I am recording this one outside. Um, so, you know, be aware of nature noise and of potential construction uh, going on around me. Um, so anyway, the uh, episode I wanted to talk about in here, and this is a uh, one other one that's been proposed by Ben. Uh, this may end up going together uh, in conjunction with the um, How Would You Do Differently If You Were in Control of the Sequels uh, episode, which I'm pretty sure is going to air before this one uh, or with it. But the uh, discussion in this one is predictions. Uh, we're going to go ahead and do some predictions. The great thing about this is that we can't, Ben and I can't play off each other as our predictions. We're going to see our ind- predictions independently. So what is this? Our predictions for season two of The Mandalorian. Uh, what are we going to see in season two of The Mandalorian? Um, I'll start off with the thing. I think we are going to see more of an understanding of what is baby Yoda, um, you know, or the child, if you prefer. Um, but I think we're going to be getting a lot of indications of, you know, what is this, what is this person? Um, what relationship do they have? I'm pretty positive. They're not going to give it away. We're not going to know by the end of season two, what baby Yoda is or his relationships, but we may have more clues. Uh, we may also have obviously a few red herrings, um, as to uh, what we're going to see in conjunction with Baby Yoda, but I- I'm pretty positive we're going to see advancement of the idea of what is Baby Yoda. So that's my my major prediction. The other thing I think we're definitely going to see is an advancement of what is the Mandalorian's character. Um, we have obviously had hints as to the Mandalorian's past. Um, we have seen, you know, him him being you know taken by his parents, uh, being hidden. He was obviously hiding from a droid a droid army. Um, so that gives us a little bit of spacing as to exactly what his timing is. Um, you know, what it is we are talking about sort of spacing, likely during the prequels um, that started this. So I think that we are going to see more 
of what is his history. We're going to get a, a little more backstory about the Mandalorian. Um, I have the feeling we're going to get an understanding of him, what it was like for him to become a Mandalorian. Obviously, the idea that this is a way of life, not a birthright, um, that you know he's captured, as a, he's brought in as a youngling, um, and he becomes this. I think we're going to see trials and tribulations of him becoming the Mandalorian that he is. I can very well believe we're going to interface with people from his past. And again, when I talk about his past, I think this is going to be his his post rescue pass. The the rescue having been what we saw in the um, initial ones, we're going to see what it is to be a youngling. And I think we're really going to see a lot of detail about what it means to become a Mandalorian. Uh, we may learn where he gets certain parts of his war gear. Um, I'm what I'm hoping that we would potentially see because I think it would be an extremely good episode, and one that very enjoyable is what it means to get the helmet, um, and the idea of not taking the helmet off, um, you know, and, and especially the ceremony of putting it on, knowing that it means you never take it off. Um, I think it'd be a very cool episode um, if done well, and so that's what I, I sort of hope to see. But that's something I think we're definitely going to see. I think we're going to see um, training. I think we're going to see you know, sort of stories about that, you know, flashback type episodes as to what we have. So that's my prediction number two. My prediction number three, we are obviously going to see the bad guy return. Um, we have our, our crashed TIE fighter uh, at the end of Mandalorian Season 1. Oh wait, that was a spoiler. Hopefully you guys have all seen it. If you haven't by now, uh, sorry. <laughs> but we have our crashed TIE fighter at the end of season one um with our bad guy who we know survives um to live to see another day i think we are going to see him you know start to rise to prominence as an ongoing villain um and an ongoing foil to the mandalorian somebody who the mandalorian is going to have to deal with um on an ongoing basis this may create a a show that's a little more of a chase um i kind of like that idea i think that would be cool um i'm a big fan of of sort of chase fiction so to speak the idea where the storyline is you know a is chasing b and the storyline is how does b escape um and how do you stay away from them recognizing that a is almost always better funded and more powerful um and and where do we see that going i think we're also going to see a little more placement of this storyline into its time period um, I think we're going to get a little more of sort of you know the the post empire what I would say pre first order um, time period. We're going to see potentially the more of the rise of the first order um, of them starting to come in um, and saying, "Hey, this is this is what we're seeing." Um, come about this is what's sort of happening in the world and that the first order is is starting to rise to some prominence um whether we'll see our our famed bad guy be part of first first order or not uh, i don't know um i don't know where they're gonna go with that uh, but again i think we'll see him rise to prominence i think we will also get more of an understanding of who he is and what his backstory is um potentially a relationship to the mandalorian uh, from the past um, you know, that we may have, I can very well believe he will be a fallen Mandalorian of some form. He would be uh, somebody who joined the Mandalorians and has since, you know, gone on and joined the Empire um, or is now sort of, you know, on his own uh, beyond the Empire, after the Empire. Uh, but I think we're going to see, we're definitely going to see that. I think we're going to see a lot more character development around those two major characters. One of the things I do think is going to be questionable, and I really wonder about this, is are we going to see the return of any of the season one ancillary characters? Now, obviously, a couple of them are dead. Um, they cannot uh, they cannot return, but not all of them. Uh, we obviously have our drop trooper, uh, who's still alive at the end of um, season one. 
Um, will we see her again? Uh, I really hope so. I actually really liked her character, <laughs> and I'm hoping that they, they bring her back. I would like to see her become a much more regular portion of the show. I think it would be nice to have the Mandalorian not be a complete loner. What I have the feeling it's going to be, though, is uh, she is going to end up in trouble somewhere on the way, and uh, that's going to result in the Mandalorian having to do something um, to go and, and rescue her um, or at least uh, go and and be involved with her. Again, I present it as it's a likely thing of her being in trouble, just because I think that's the easiest way to potentially get him to go and react to her. It also allows them to bring back some of the things, and it allows a, a fill-in plot of what has she been doing uh, during the time. Um, and that's based upon the idea that I'm assuming she's not going to be with the Mandalorian at the beginning of season two that she will have effectively stayed behind um and not be a primary character now obviously she could be introduced as a primary character which would throw that completely to a loop um but i just don't see her being introduced as a new primary character i think it's going to be something where she's going to make a comeback um as an ancillary character she may appear in in at least one episode but maybe a few more episodes Uh, i'd love to see her appear at least two or three um and again i have the feeling it's going to be something where he needs to interact with her um I have the feeling it's going to be something where he he goes to rescue her, and I think part of the idea behind that is, you know, one uh, to, to put it to put it another way, as a, as a princess complex, um, you know, the knight needing to go and, and rescue the princess. But I think part of it's because it's also the idea of showing his character that you know he would return for a friend, uh, and that being an important part of his character as opposed to being sort of just a ruthless bounty hunter, um, and that that interplays off of his relationship with the child. Um, I also have to wonder if we may see um, our our planet our um, a farming planet uh, again and where he had potentially hoped to settle down and discovered he couldn't. Um, so anyway, I'm hoping they do return a little bit to some of the stuff in season one, but I don't see it as becoming something that's going to be regular. I think it's going to be something where we're going to have ancillary characters which can drive his motivation to do something, but I really see season two being his story as a loner. He is going to be a loner. Um, he is going to... Um, basically be developing a second team um, and a second group of people that he will interact with in conjunction with this but at the same time he'll have interactions with the first team because of that and again I hope they they bring some of them back her in particular just because I really liked her character um and and see where that whole thing goes so anyway i guess that's my predictions for what we're going to see in mandalorian season two i think we're going to have uh, some very good episodes i think we're gonna have a few that are really debatable um, <laughs> as it was in season one i think we're going to see some actual influx of merchandise um i'm not wearing them currently uh, but one of the things that I, I had great fun with when we were uh, at disney is i did acquire baby yoda or again the child if you prefer socks um, which i think are awesome um but uh anyway i'm sure we'll see uh, some some increased sort of you know availability of merchandise and you know one of the issues that obviously arose in conjunction with season one but anyway it'll be interesting to see where season two goes um i'm definitely looking forward to it um it's it's one of the few sort of television shows i can say that i I am looking forward to uh but it'll be interesting to see where it goes um so with that i will leave you with my predictions for season uh, two of the mandalorian we'll see how ben and i agree i'm sure we'll agree on some things and disagree on others uh but it will be interesting to see so anyway um I will sign off and I'll let you guys go. I hope you enjoyed uh, this Edamame episode. Um, live long and prosper. Okay, so uh, that was Kirk. I actually haven't listened to that yet. I just pasted his uh, section in, and I'm going to find out what he said at the same time you do when I listen to this after the show airs. So uh, on that note, we're going to wrap it up. We've got a couple more Edamame episodes in the bag here uh, that Kirk has sent. He's actually on vacation right now. I'm going to try and get those out over the next couple of days or weeks. So uh, that's all for today. We'll see you next time. Lorem, play us out. 
The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Lewis Rice LLC, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. This podcast was produced and recorded in St. Louis, Missouri.